0: Hate him or love him, Chris Ballard seems to always get it right when it comes to this drafting. Another year, another rascal score off the charts. Sammy, go ahead and bang that.
1: Turn, Turn up your volume your because you're about to listen to The, the Sick, Sick Podcast. Podcast and Bill Show. The sickest Indianapolis Colts Podcast. It's gonna be
0: sick. sick, sick, sick. Yes, sir. Welcome back to another Anvil Show Sick Podcast. How are you guys doing tonight? Super pumped to talk about our draft picks. Let's go ahead and bring the boys in. Come on in, fellas. What's up? What's good? How you boys doing? Good.
1: Yeah, another sunburnt day. As you can
0: tell, First sunburnt day, Costa. It's... How you looking? How you feeling? You don't. You don't have voice. Yeah, you, you might no want voice. to unmute.
2: There that is go. my fault. Technical difficulties. I've been busier in the cat trying to get litter up a marble floor. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that in yes. the
0: Welcome to the show. Matter of fact, matter of fact, we forgot to go ahead and do this to start. so we're not gonna mess around tonight all right we're gonna get straight to it we're gonna talk about the draft we're gonna talk about the picks we're gonna talk about chris ballard strikes again okay so first and foremost let me toot my own horn for a little bit once upon a time i was accused of not being a worker right like all he does is go on go vacation, goes on vacation and hangs out and has a good time. Oh, yeah, God. this boy, this guy, this Colts fan. Not this past weekend. Yeah, you, you <laughs>
1: definitely worked your ass off over
0: the weekend. I got good track. material. Um, I met fans of the shoe. I met fans of just the NFL and every other team. Listen, go out to the YouTube you know where we are now. Check out the vlog. It's my two-day vlog of the KC Draft Experience. It was absolutely amazing. So, hopefully next year we'll have the whole team with us. You guys can see what that's like up close and personal. But forget all that. (laughs) It's time to talk about with the fourth pick, (laughs) the Indianapolis Colts select. How do you guys feel about that? Love it, stoked. Anthony Richardson. (sighs) Now steal the.
1: But the question, the question should be, Clyde. How do you feel about it? Because at the beginning, before college football (laughs) even ended, he's not a lottery pick. He's he's too much (laughs) of a project. He's this. He's that. Now. You're seeing what some of us I've actually no, no, seen with no. this young man dude.
0: Why, why are you dude. really killing the man already? Wait, wait, wait. See, now you get an Omaha. Okay. Omaha! You big fella. Well, there it is. Out
1: your hatred?
0: No, no, no. And I'm gonna tell you why you get an Omaha, big fella. Because right. if you recall, and we're not gonna point fingers here, but if you recall, Clyde Oliver, <laughs> i.e. the voice of the anvil, was the first to bring Anthony Richardson to the anvil. And I said, hey, boys, I don't know, but what about this guy? Then I started to retract because I thought I reached. I thought I overreached. This is way back. Oh, my goodness. When was this? November? December yeah, time frame?
1: I'm, I'm being 100% honest with you. I yeah. don't remember you saying anything about Richardson. Okay, now, I do remember you saying a lot about. Wow, oh, oh, right there. You know, it's a memory <laughs> loss drug. So, no <laughs> Omaha for that.
0: Well, you are the oldest of the squad, so... Thank
1: you. So but... Kept...
0: <laughs> but... But no.
1: I, I'm just giving CJ credit because he's... T- I remember him saying, man, you got to look at this kid. No, and no, then no. I started watching a little bit of film on him. Okay, you know what? All right. I'll I'm say not this. trying to steal your thunder. I'm just... I'm being 100% honest with you, sir. <laughs> All
0: right, I'll you say know. this. Okay. It's is... if he,
1: he looks down to Costa and you see his arm going like that, I'm afraid I'm getting on my hold.
0: <laughs>
2: what? <laughs> I mean, y'all sound like I mean, all I'm hearing is a bunch of
0: bickering hens. That's all I'm hearing. Okay, no. So so the so the truth of the matter is this. All right. So let's give love to where love is supposed to go. So first off, Carve, CJ, another member of the Anvil. Yes, he's been on the train basically since he first seen Anthony Richardson. Kirby Hayes, a fan of the show. Man, that guy updated his profile picture on Facebook like three months ago because he was for sure. He's been baiting and and bantering with everyone about every other quarterback and why Anthony was the guy. But if you recall, which you don't because you're the old guy, when I brought this guy up, I said, now this is a scary dude. And I said, this guy can probably do things that no other quarterback could do. And I also said, this guy's inexperienced. And unfortunately this was how i preface this unfortunately where we pick i think we would be really reaching to get him because at the time right this is pre-combine now at the time you're only looking at tape and we know how important tape is to chris ballard but then you go see the actual athleticism at the combine and then everybody's mind changes now immediately he went from ooh, late first maybe second to oh my goodness, the dude could be number one. And then all of the craziness started. So with that, I'll simply state like I called it yes or last time, I said, Hey, I think this is what we're gonna draft. And I think my reaction showed that. <laughs> we <laughs> might have we might have Sammy and the team play my reaction at some point <laughs> during this. But uh the
1: Indianapolis cool select. Anthony Richardson.
0: (laughs) (laughs) First off, who is that? That dude gets to Omaha. But yes, I think my reaction showed just how excited I was at four to take Anthony Richardson, knowing C.J. Stroud was gone. Okay, so that was the key to all of this. C.J. Stroud, like like me and Acosta talked before, that was my guy from day one. I felt like that's who we needed. But knowing that he was gone, I was like, "There's no way." And of course, Bryce Young is gone. He went first. There's no way. I think the Colts brass would wake up the following morning saying wow, we could have drafted Anthony Richardson with all this potential. And we took Will Mel- Will Levis, which we've probably seen just about all he can do. I think that would have been a tough sell. That would have been a tough pill to swallow.
1: Very thought, tough. But, Very tough. And, and I, you know, believe it or not, I've talked to a few Colts fans that said they wouldn't be Colts fans if we did draft Will Levis. Yeah. Oh, I man. said, well, if that's all it takes for you to jump ship, you ain't a damn fan anyways.
0: Bye. <laughs> <laughs> right? Bye, right. But, I mean, this is a game changer, man. 6'4". And I, I'm sorry I misspoke on my vlog. I had a few drinks. <laughs> but I'm talking to a Cowboys fan towards the end. Only a few. Just a few. But 6'4", uh, the real 40 time, 4, four 40, right? 244 pounds. <laughs> Can throw a ball on a rope 60-plus yards can run away from, you know, defenders, cornerbacks, you name it. Incredible, man. And and everyone, Shane Steichen, Chris Ballard, Jim Ursay, the players, people just don't even – I don't think it's really set in, like what we potentially have with the offense that we have. You I mean, People have always talked about, well, our, our wide receiver core isn't that strong. Maybe, maybe not. But now we have an electric player who can extend plays, create plays, you name it. JT Michael Pittman Alec Pierce so now doesn't sound so benign, right? So
1: my my thing is this if you play fantasy football, you better pick up Pittman. Because Wait. that kid that kid has an arm on him, and Steichen is going to stretch that field out with that arm.
0: I'ma tell all right, look, look, we're gonna I, slow I think,
1: down. I think Alec Pierce is gonna
2: take him over Pittman.
0: <laughs> wait a minute boys wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute can we not do this to jinx our squad listen remember last year with Frank Bre- Frank right Bre- like hey if you play French football better get Naheem Hines Nahim Hines had that. like four that time <laughs> <laughs> oh, <bro. laughs>
1: you gotta make two points all this damn season thanks Frank
0: until he left and then started returning kicks and punts and you name it so yes let's just not let's just have a mental picture of what it looks like. Right, we'll but I'm telling that you, for another show. I'm telling you right now, man, the RPO is you potentially mean, one of the scariest maybe ever. Right? Like, I know Cam Richardson. Or Cam Richardson. Listen to me. Omaha.
2: Oh,
0: I, <laughs> I know Cam Newton, even though he was later in his career when they got Christian McCaffrey. But that was a scary RPO right there. But Cam wasn't Cam from, like, year one Cam. I mean, a year four JT, who's still super fast, who's still super elusive, with now a rookie and Anthony Richardson, and that's your RPO action? Jesus Christ. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And one thing else I want to say about Anthony Richardson before we move to the other guys, just think about this really quick. Everybody on draft day looks a certain way, and I'm not – please don't take this in the wrong manner. Did you see how professional Anthony Richardson looked? He wasn't trying to be jazzed out. Now, he had his chain on, right? His his chain said a thing or two about him. But other than that, dude, he had on a straight put-together suit. You know, he Mm -hmm. was about business. He brought his entire family. Like, he's showing already. Like, I'm only 20 years old, soon to be 21, but I'm mature beyond my years. And this is something playing quarterback in the NFL that I really want to do and I'm focused on. And I'm ready to work. And I just think that sometimes that starts. I know it's your day. I know you're supposed to be jazzed out and all that. But sometimes some of those things are a bit much. I like how he doesn't want to draw attention to himself that way. Draw attention to what I'm going to do on this field. Bro, I love it. I love it. Not to, not to mention the kid is stupid smart. Facts. Oh yeah, I seen some of those breakdowns. Like what yeah. he had to go through with the coaching staffs and being able to recreate what they said and that whole thing like yeah man. So do you,
2: you see that uh, that video of him uh breaking down the uh West Coast offense like they showed him one time and they said you know, pretty much yeah and then pretty much re, you know redo it on the board and he did it like verbatim.
0: Yeah. That was one of the things that I was talking about like Dude, that was incredible, and uh, I mean, I, I think on his RAS score, I think he, oh, not his RAS score, I'm sorry, I think on his uh S two, he scored a 79, and you know, I think uh, I, th- I know Bryce had the highest with like a 98, and then Will Will Levis had like a 93, but they both had more playing time, right? Mm-hmm. So he got 13 games, um, you know, still raw, but the the ability to do exactly what you said, you know repeat stuff that was said, uh, be able to kind of call through audibles and what would you do here, What what's the look. I don't know, man. I'm super excited. Let's just pray for good health <laughs> for the boys in blue. And uh I think we got one. It one. I think we got one.
1: i tell you, one part of his interviews after the draft that I truly, truly enjoyed, what he said is, there's no more Cam Richardson. There's no more this. There's no more that. There's just Anthony it's Richardson. Yep. It's time for me to make my my legacy, yep. and i I can act. I can really, really appreciate that.
0: Yep. Yeah, that's true, man. I think he said, "There's no more Cam Jackson." That was, you know, he's always yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah I got you, but no nah, man. It's good to have those people that you looked up to. It's good to like you know always kind of like hold them true as far as those are my guys that I look at as maybe you know the players I wanna emulate, but now it's my turn, and I'm here to prove it, and I'm ready to show it and bro, I'm stoked at one for that, but that was our Absolutely. only pick of day one, right, so we did nothing else crazy, but we seemed crazy, right, and this is a a cult show, not a Texas show. But I'm telling you right now, when they first mentioned there was a trade at three before they said the Texans were the team, instant shambles. Like I was about to just break down because I knew of the teams more than likely I was going to hear or I thought I was going to hear the Tennessee Titans have. Right. But after doing some 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 rumor reporting and some research, don't know if it's 100 percent true, but. All things point to this. Their guy was CJ Stroud. I actually met a guy in the crowd that was a tight defensive. Like, yeah, we're coming up for three to get CJ. But after CJ went at two, I think all of that traction went away. And they were just comfortable staying where they were at 11, I think. So thank you <laughs> <laughs> for not wrecking the show. Right, Um, and of course the hate is already out there. You got to love these 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 battle groups. Uh, the the sick podcast that will show is part of the AFC South battle group, and they already calling Anthony a bust and trying to compare him to Trevor Richards or Trevor Lawrence and how that was when he came out and blah 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 blah. C J Stroud to be better because of this. You know what? None of these kids, with the exception of Lawrence, have played yet. So that's the same play. I know it's it's okay to be afraid. It's okay to have your your hater boots on <laughs> because the most athletic dude that ever played quarterback is now on our team, ever. His RAS score was a perfect ten, perfect ten, perfect ten. Right, so that's either here the, or there.
2: The one thing I might, I'm gonna, the one thing I'm gonna add about him too is he is definitely out of the quarterback class. I'm not gonna say the whole draft, but definitely the quarterback class. He's the most coachable player there,
0: as they say. He is a Colts guy. He's got to be your guy and Chris Ballard and Shane Steichen and Jim Ursay and now Jim Bob Cooter and everybody else, Morocco Brown, you name it, all are smiling ear to ear. Morocco Brown was the first to tell Chris Ballard about him like way back in August. And he was like, dude, I'm down here watching a show you won't believe when he was on nobody's radar. And here we are now, you know, eight months later or so. He's in Annapolis. Crazy ride for that kid. So now we've heard
1: we've, we've heard all the all the interviews and and Chris and Shane and Jim always said, oh, no, we don't have anybody targeted. With what you just said about Marco calling him, do you think they maybe lied to us a little bit?
0: Well, Chris, Bryant, and, Chris Ballard said everybody lies, hell yeah. And had a little bit of target on him? I feel like they had a huge target on him, right? Like, And I think the target for them, and I think Chris Ballard even made this clear on Pat McAfee's uh, on the draft day, he actually said when they came in, they gave him like five, six minutes on actual draft day after selecting, he's like, yeah, we've known for like a month, maybe a month and a half. So yep. with that, I mean, he's admitting to there was a slight target. Like wherever, and then, whenever you want to put it on him, yeah, it was.
2: And then Ursay also said like even if we had the number one overall pick, we still would have chose Anthony.
0: So then there it is, right? Yep. And I, And I believe you just have to take that for what it is. And we're a team – that has known to be unconventional in the past. I mean, we can go back to 99 draft when we were at number four again, and everybody, I mean everybody in the entire NFL community thought we were going to select Ricky Williams, and we didn't. We took Edron James, and I <laughs> i remember Mel Kuyper like, like blowing the top. He was like, what? I mean, it was almost the only other one was when uh, we selected, I forgot what tackle it was or something. And we were supposed to select someone else. And then, oh, boy, is famous for saying, who, who the hell is Mel Kuyper anyway? Remember that? That was like, yeah. 90. I can't remember who we took. Maybe we were supposed to take somebody. I and mean, then we maybe got Steve Entman or something instead. I don't fucking know. And he was like, who who, who the hell is Mel Kuiper anyway? But Mel Kuiper lost his shit on the Colts that day when we didn't take, you know, uh, Ricky Williams. And lo and behold, Edwin James is only a fucking Hall of Famer. So, yeah. You know, it is what it is. But that's okay. Let's move on to round two. Yes, we spent a lot of time on round one because that is the pick. But round two and beyond was no slouch, right? Now we're talking about RAS score. And I think RAS score, relative athletic score, really became something I started to follow probably three or four years ago because the Colts were always kind of like stacking out in the, the top five when it came to that. And basically it's just saying like, these are the athletes of the athletes. They might not be the overall best players based on production, but the ability and what they have and what they are doing, being able to do in drills and show with their, with their size and, and their attributes make them a very, very incredible athlete. And we got to go with Julius Brintz. And already what we see, already what we see is the change in philosophy. It's very apparent that Gus Bradley had a lot of input into what the Colts wanted to do when it came to the defensive side of the ball, because we know in his 4- three base, but cover three, he likes press corners, bigger, stronger guys, usually six foot one or taller, maybe 200 pounds. and he got one. I got a hometown kid at that from Warren Central High School, Julius Brintz from Kansas State started his career. At Iowa was nicked up a lot there, but this dude can play. And I I think the one thing that they like to him, usually bigger corners have uh, a little issue with transitioning, coming out of those breaks, uh, being able to cover that ground. But this kid shows he can do that. Pretty sure tackler. And like all these kids, they're rookies. There's things that they can improve. But, yeah, taking this big corner really started to set this draft into a motion that we would continue to get excited about. So what you guys think about bringing a hometown kid home, Julius Brent?
1: Go ahead, country.
2: I mean, who could be not more excited than a hometown kid? You know what I mean? Getting to play for your, you know, your Indianapolis Colts. I've, not, I've seen the video of him getting drafted when he got that phone call. You know, his family was all emotional. But going to the player side, I mean, i have already hearing word, you know, that he's resembling a lot of Bob Sanders, you know, the aggressiveness that he brought you know, the football IQ that he brings. Um, and just his pure size, obviously, alone is just nothing to shake a stick at. And yeah. uh, so, I mean – Gus Bradley's defense, does he fit in? Absolutely. I mean, like you said, Clyde, I mean, he that's what he looks for in that, you know, in that category. So he's gonna fit in. Well, I mean, the whole defensive backfield this year is gonna be competition after competition after competition, probably week in, week out of who's gonna start and who's not.
0: Which is something that you know, like when we have the opportunity to talk to Chris um in the future, I'm gonna ask him, and, and it's and it's wild because Of course, with every pick, you want it to count and you want it to matter. But you also understand with every pick, every player won't make the roster. And so (laughs) I know you need to build competition. I know that you want practices to be completely out of their mind each and every day. But how do you make these decisions on who's going to stay, who's going to play? Like Sometimes you, and this sounds kind of funny, I play a lot of Madden, or at least I used to. Sometimes you need those dudes on the squad that are like 50s and 60s where you're like, look, they only come in and play special teams. Like, I don't need you to be anywhere. But then you might end up hurting yourself in the event that somebody goes down and you don't have a good replacement. But it's going to be tough, bro. Like you said, Condra, it's going to be tough. Like, I don't – I mean, I'm sure everybody's going to work to become a sure sure starter each and every week. But, bro, it's going to be rough. It's going to be rough. And maybe that's a good it thing. Is. That's going to be a good thing. But how do you feel about this corner there, Pat?
1: I absolutely love this pick. I love that he's a hometown boy. Um, but reading over his scouting reports, something crossed my eyes. What's that? I want to read it to you. Uh, it says, very good zone defender. Shows uh-huh. vision and understanding of threats in the area. Yep and And you, when you started this segment, you mentioned Gus Bradley having a lot of input and in what he's wanting to do, and those to me tie hand in
0: hand I agree, I agree, and I think that like again, we run a four three cover three zone primarily, right, so you need people to fit your scheme, but I think what you have to be able to do, which we didn't do so well is being able to make plays in that four three. And we had bigger corners last year face on, um, and he struggled mightily. Oh man. And that was a Gus Bradley guy. He brought him, you know, over with him when he came from, from Vegas and yeah, it didn't, it didn't work. And then we had that Ste- Stefan Gilmore, another big corner who made great plays and he played big in big moments, but he had tough days. Justin Jefferson, in the Viking games, that was a tough day. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Couple other days, uh, you can you can name out uh, um uh Terry McLaurin in the Washington game. That was a tough day. You know what I mean? But that he final, had the final
1: catch was right yeah, over him.
0: Exactly. And uh so again, we're play we're replacing bigger corners. I think Stefan Gilmore was six two ish, uh Brandon face on six two-ish. So now we're getting our own versions, younger versions of that. So absolutely. But quick trivia before we move on from Julius Brent's. Did you know he's now a, another player from my alma mater, Warren Central High School, to be to be selected by the Coats. Another one was Jeff George, number one overall pick in 1990, maybe. He went to Warren Central. So just a little, I don't know what your high schools do, Indiana, but my high schools produce. So, I don't know. A little plug to Warren Central and don't know what schools you went to, but... <laughs> <laughs> don't know if you ever had Colts players from your high schools. I play for a 1A school, bro. Oh, yeah. So you I'm, definitely I'm, get
2: up. I'm, I'm, from the, I'm, from the, I'm, I'm from the backwoods. I was the best of the best when I
0: played. Oh, there he goes. He was the best of Bruh. the best. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right, here we go. Now we're about to really get fancy, Pat. I'm going to lead with you. Oh. Round three, number 79. And in a lot of ways, this might be my second. I'm going to say it's, it's definitely my, my third favorite pick in this draft. Anthony Richards is first, right? Mm-hmm. Josh Downs is, is a close three, almost second. But taking Josh Downs from North Carolina, who had a monstrosity of a season last year, just a huge, huge season. This guy is five foot eight. Maybe the stats tell him five foot nine, and he's about 170 pounds, but he's the guy that you need to get lost in defenses and zones under coverage because what the Colts have done over the past two or three drafts are build the towers up. You know, the Jelani Woods at six foot seven, Michael Pittman, six foot four. If Michael Strong sees the field, six foot five, Alec Pierce, six foot three, you know, Mo Alley, six, six, and it goes on. We just have these giant trees everywhere and you need guys other than your running back to get lost in the shuffle who can create, find the open spaces and zones, can run. This dude fits the bill. And he had an incredible season last year at UNC. And the biggest thing, the biggest thing is you have to have your staff and your coaches be 100% on board with those picks. And Reggie Wayne called this guy, doing the workout, doing the combine, his favorite receiver of them all. Some great receivers came out this year. And again, we talked about Gus Bradley maybe getting to raise his hand. Hey, I like this guy. Reggie Wayne definitely was like, hey, <laughs> I like this guy. And a lot of people, not to get carried away, Marvin Harrison, a little bit bigger in size and in height, but he gives you that Marvin Harrison esque feel, how he's just able to wiggle around. T.Y. Hilton, another perfect, uh, basically around the same size. T.Y. Hilton was five foot nine, too. Right. So just be able to find little open spaces in and run away from people. Good luck with a guy like Anthony Richardson running for scrambling around, making things happen. Finds this guy on a shallow crosser or something. Good night. You know what I'm saying? So, Pat, how do you feel about Josh Downs?
1: Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. And if you go back and you watch his highlight tapes, pay attention to his separation because, <laughs> yes, he is small. But my God, the guy is quick and he can turn on a dime. He can create that separation. So to me, having that natural ability or it was coached, I don't know. I don't know the kid personally, but the way he can separate size doesn't matter to him. You just need that window for that QB. He played a lot of slot at North Carolina, so I can see him doing a lot here, especially with with Pittman and Pierce,
0: come on. And and again, no knock to Paris Campbell because Paris Campbell, when he was healthy, showed flashes. But Paris Campbell, most people forget, he was a little bit bigger than what people may have seen. He was like six foot. Right, this is a I five he was, eight.
1: Uh, yeah, thought he was like six one something. Yeah,
0: so Paris Campbell was actually much bigger trying to fit into the slot. Now you have like this guy that really gets lost. <laughs> you know, yeah. you imagine breaking a huddle and seeing all these towers, and then oh my god, I'm the I'm the unlucky sob that's playing Nickelback or whatever. I'm like, wait, where's my dude? <laughs> oh <laughs> well, shit, see, there he
1: is. <laughs> and see, to me, a, a Ty comparison is really good for this one. Absolutely. For downs because T Y wasn't the biggest T Y wasn't the fastest, but T Y was damn good at getting separation. T Y was damn good at giving Andrew luck that window he needed. Yep. There it is. And, and I, I see a lot of, I I see a lot of resemblance and downs here, you
0: know, so. Takes
1: on, takes
0: on downs, uh, country.
2: My take on downs is absolutely. I love, I love the pick. I mean, what I've seen him, like Pat was saying about the separation, the kid is one of the best route runners in this draft, if not the best route runner in this draft. I mean, his footwork can use a little bit of assistance, but that'll come in time. I mean, that'll be coached. But, I mean. get that big. shit out of him. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's the only – that is the only thing I've seen. But the names that came to mind was obviously Marvin Harrison. Yeah. T.Y. Hilton being the biggest. Even yep. Danny Amendola, oh, as much I hate oh, to say, yeah. it, uh, Ooh, came yeah, to yeah. mind. Uh, Wes Welker came to mind. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just—I mean, it's just his speed, his separation, his uh, route running. I mean, just that and a receiver alone, that's all you need. Facts. You know, some, de- some decent footwork. He's going to eat people alive. And like you said, with Anthony Richardson's arm, man. Yeah.
0: And that's bombs. the biggest thing. Like, bombs. when you're a slot guy, you want to be able to get on people's shoe tops. If you get on their mm-hmm. shoe tops and then you're able to turn them. I mean, the, the the world is yours at that point. And I think Reggie Wayne really enjoyed it because even though Reggie was never one of the fastest, Reggie Wayne was always one of the best route runners ever. And I think yep. he fell in love with seeing how this guy comes out his brakes. He's able to get, you know, like you take like a stem route. The way he gets to the stem, puts the foot in the ground, sends the other, sends the, the guy that's guarding him one way. He's going the other way. Like it's, it's over at that point. And As long yep. as the ball's yep. on time, it's a completion because the guy has amazing hands. So, yeah, man. That was now, great at 79.
1: Now, on top of that, you you know Reggie vouched for you. So, how are you going to let Reggie de- Wayne down on the yeah. field and at practice and during game? Right. Yeah. You know what gonna I'm saying? Tail
0: off. He's going to work. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Another little
2: fun fact, too, is most positions in football, and each coach will tell you this if you get them backpedaling and get them flat footed, it's over. Get that back. goes for that goes for line. That goes for receivers and defenders. That goes for a lot of positions. You get them. You get them on their flat parts of their feet. It's over.
0: Yeah, and that's a great that's- segue because going round four, we go to the big uglies.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> the most athletic of the big uglies, and Blake Freeland, uh, offensive tackle for BYU. And I'll be honestly, I, I'll be honestly, I'll be honest, I was not <laughs> tracking him. <laughs> initially you know like my mind at this point if i was like if we're going to take a tackle i thought it would have been at number two in the 40s right and i was looking at dewan jones and a few others so at that point i had already kind of slipped my mind to offensive tackle so when we took him it took me a minute i knew the name just from watching combine stuff but i had to go watch the tape a a big physical i mean a giant of a man six foot eight dude long arms 300 pounds basically was like between the, the top one or three in all of the ranking and all the drills, I think the only weakness may have been – no, I think he was up there on his bench too. I think I'm thinking of uh, Wit. Wit was kind of low on his and um, – we'll get to him. He was our last pick. But more of the story is I think this guy can come in and start right away. Now, a lot of people are talking about, well, do we kick him to left? Because he played both, right? He ended as a left tackle, but he played a lot of right tackle. In my opinion, I'm like, no, what you do is you kick Braden in the inside – let him go back to his roots from Auburn and play right tackle. I'm sorry, right guard, put this kid at right tackle. Now you got Kelly at the center, Nelson at the left, and you keep Rayman out there at left tackle because he showed he can do it. But mm-hmm. I think this is a day one starter, like hands down. This dude's a monster, bro. Like Absolutely. he gets on people. So I'll let you guys talk about it since y'all play in the trenches. This is a big bastard. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Good, country. I mean, dude, he's just—he's a specimen of a man. I mean, I think NFL Network had him going late in the first, early in the second, so we got a steal. You know, that's one of the biggest steals of this draft was getting Blake. Um, But, dude, I was watching some of his highlights and some of the breakdowns. But as much as his football playing is, the kid played basketball. He played quarterback. And between all that, the biggest thing I noticed was his football IQ. He's probably the smartest lineman in this draft. He knows, especially playing that left tackle position, the blind side, he knew what to do automatically. He knew what blocks to pick up. Like, he knew what to call in the field. The man's a born leader. I mean, he's everything that we need. I mean, even if he does start a left tackle, he does outshine Ramen. I mean, I'm, I'm fine with that, though. You know yeah. what I mean? But, I mean, yeah. Raman did really great for us. But Blake, man, he's just a specimen of a human being. Really impressed me. Um but his football IQ is what really impressed me the most. He's he's up. I mean, I can see him having Jeff Saturday type IQ when he gets, you know, in the league for a few years.
0: Shit, I mean, he's sitting next to a savant and Quentin Nelson. Right. So, Absolutely. I mean, yeah, I mean, he went to BYU, mm-hmm. another one of those high profile, like academic schools, you know, where mm-hmm. I know Big Q went to Notre Dame. So he's a Golden Dome. So, yeah, like that's very important the line because it's more than just, hey, that's your guy. You know I think that's how you guys learn how to play line when you're a kid. Hey that's your guy but by the time you're in middle school transition to high school like you're learning like how to like do different type of blocks it's time to learn how to pull. Who do you what do you do here? What do you do there? What's yeah, your I'm kick step? Like time. yeah, yeah. Like he's uh he's gonna be a game changer and uh and he's strong and he stymies people so that's important. So Pat it's you cool play D line what does it's that look cool. like <laughs> well his
1: footwork's cool amazing too. Yeah after we drafted him, you know, I went back and, and read his scouting report. And usually in the negatives on scouting reports, there's three, four, five, six lines, sometimes mm-hmm. more. This kid has one negative line in his scouting report.
0: What does it It say? says,
1: plays with marginal leverage and pad level.
0: Because he's 6'8", but I get that. Because
1: he's 6'8". <laughs> I mean, geez, what do you want? He could get on his knees and... Have his pads at pad level for you. Fact. That's the only way that negative comment comes out of that that scouting report. Yeah, and if that is the only negative of this kid, come on, that is a yeah. home run.
0: Now Mel Kuyper liked this guy. <laughs> he was like, like what you yeah, said. Who the hell he like is the Mel Kuyper? But I'm saying he's like that. <laughs> get an absolute steal here. Uh, and again, like there's some more. Absolute highly prolific names out there because of the college they played in, right? If you went to Georgia, if you went to Old State, you're always going to get way more accolades in the area of, you know, being drafted than a kid from BYU. But what I'm saying is, the kid from BYU don't sleep on them, right? So, um, all right. Now here's my second, moving around for number one ten. This is actually my second favorite pick. And I heard him say his name. So Ata oh, I
1: want to. I want to hear you say it.
0: Ata <laughs> Ata Atatomwa, Ata Ata Atabari. Ad, uh, there you go. Atatomwa Adabari. I'm pretty close. <laughs> but he says he will go by Tommy. Um, but he was very adamant on, "Hey, I want to be be known by my entire Nigerian name, adatomwa So we're gonna do that. But listen, 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 listen. The way these guys scout is incredible this is the only kid right the only kid that weigh in the 280 range to ever run sub four or five in the draft four four nine 282 pounds strong as an ox 27 reps dude is a monster and he played all across the line in northwestern but he's probably going to be more of a three technique, and that's amazing because now D. Buck actually has somebody to tag out with, like a true three technique to tag out with. Now D. Buck is six foot eight, and some change. This guy is only six foot one. So adjustments, right? Let's go to whoever center we're dealing with that week for snap after snap after snap. You're dealing with D. Buck is two eight, 280, eight two eighty. I'm sorry, two sixty six foot. Six, six foot eight, whatever he is. Then you get a kid that comes in that's faster, just as strong, can move a little bit differently. Dude, what we're doing, we want a full nine man rotation on the D line. Bringing a kid in like this, game changer. He's going to be all over the field. And now that pressure on the ends for Dale and Quiddy, more one on ones, more chances to win because you got to worry about dudes like this. Plus, we got Grove.
1: Listen. And we re signed
0: that's what i'm saying. So man, i'm telling you. Like it's picks like this that get kind of like like washed over. If this kid is as advertised as we've seen in the Big 10 and he played against some great competition in the Big 10, we got a player. This that's is my brilliant. second favorite pick of the draft. Now, I go to you. I know you get super excited country for your defensive lineman and 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 where you used to play. Watching some film on him, just knowing a little bit about him, how do you feel about out of time why?
2: Dude, defensive end, you know, was my position in high school, you know, heading into the collegiate level too. I mean, he screams. He screams the Jared Allen. He screams the Dwight Freenies. His hand motions, how aggressive his hand motions are, his low posture exploding off that line is insane. Being six foot one, I mean, I'm honestly thinking, Clyde, I have to disagree with you. He's probably going to be a starting defensive end. Okay. He's he's too explosive. Um, he's too explosive of a player. He's, you know, with D-Buck and Grove, them two giants in the middle. I mean, it's going to be hard to rotate him out. You know, in the middle, I think. But in this case, I'm just excited of him being a defensive end to replace you, you know, you Nick. So. He's just so explosive, man. His stance is phenomenal. His he gets low. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's almost like a 20 degree angle, man. Like I watched him get low to get past the line, that swoop move that he does, the swim move that he does, just the rake move that he does. Dude, it's I was in love with this kid. I mean, it it actually put a smile on my face when I watched this kid. You know, he's, be- he he's just so phenomenal, so technical, so aggressive. I was just like, man, you're taking me back, bro. You're taking me back.
0: And before I pass the pat, I think one thing that was going as a, as an intangible trait is a lot of pressures, a lot of hurries. A lot of guys have that, but if you notice, if you watch this film, he already has the maniac mentality. He's going for the football every single time when he's going Dude, to sack a quarterback. Yeah, he he's not going just to like tackle a quarterback and bring him down. Big swipes, you know, punching at the ball, ripping at the ball. He's creating turnovers while he's getting his sacks. And that's something uh, that the Colts lacked last year, as we know. But, Pat, how you feel about this guy? Three syllables.
1: Robert Mathis 2.0. And everything country said about his technique, his rakes, his swims, that first step, oh, my God. But, yeah, that's, that's what I see. I, I see a Robert Mathis 2.0. And I absolutely love it. Now I'm going to have to go back to college uh, for another six years just so I can learn how to say his damn name properly.
0: I think I missed it last time. But, but I'm just going.
1: I'm just going to call him Addy. Can I just call him Addy? Probably Do you, not. You think he'll black my eye? He might. Probably. Right. <laughs> he,
0: he might sack fumble right. your ass.
1: <laughs> I'll, de- I'll definitely work on that name for sure.
0: I think I think but it's Adda no, Tomway. I... at a Tomway. At a, at a Tom like, wait.
1: At a time. But no, I'm I'm really excited to see this kid.
0: Absolutely. Really
1: excited. Um, Could he get a starting position? Yeah. Yeah, he's that damn good. Will he? I don't know. You know, we'll have to see what training camp and, and everything leads out. You know, because Dio really came on to his own last year. You know, yeah. Dio was doing great. Uh, I can see him continuous, continuously building on that success that he mm. had last year. Uh, so it's going to be tough if, if he does get that starting starting position. It's going to be real tough. Now I'm not saying it ain't going to happen. I'm just saying it's going to be tough. Hey, watch uh, out for our
0: Leo position too. See, that's mm-hmm. another position yeah, for that. There you go. But but I think what, we. I, what, I didn't even think position. about that one. But I I think we got a place at the Leo. Um. All right, now fellas, we're gonna have to rapid fire through these, right? The, the Colts had a bunch of picks because day two, if you tuned in, holy hell, all we did was trade back and get another pick, <laughs> trade back and
2: get
1: another. <laughs> Ballard in. being Ballard. Ballard, yeah. Ballard playing that chess game, boy.
0: He, yeah, Chris Ballard he started. Said,
1: he started the draft with two picks and ended with twelve.
0: Yeah, he definitely said there was a lot of talent to be found in rounds four and five on day two and he did not tell a lie there. Survey says he was accurate. So let's let's <laughs> let's run through these. So uh now we go round 5 138 Darius Rush. That's that other prototypical corner for the Gus Bradley system 6 foot 2 198 a key thing to to look at here. He's a bit faster than uh Brents is at 436 in the 40 and he has that SEC pedigree coming out of South Carolina big physical likes to hit like these are the type of cornerbacks that Gus Bradley coveted. Right. And he needed. And this is what he had. If you go back to his days at Legion of boom in Seattle, Richard Sherman's much taller, six foot four. uh, When he had Brandon Browner out on the other side, six foot four, Mm -hmm. but these dudes love to be physical, long arms, that type of thing. So that's something to keep an eye on to see the, the actual growth of Darius rush and Julius Brintz to go along with who we, already have, or who we already have, the nickel guy, of course, Kenny Mo, who spoke today um, at the podium. So he, that was a very interesting uh, listen if you haven't. And then, of course, um, can't overlook Isaiah Rogers. Isaiah Rogers has been a dog for us for three years. Yep, and uh, Yeah. Yeah. And so we, I think I, I Isaiah Rogers Sr. Yeah. And I know, Thomas, <laughs> wherever you are, you were stoked because he loves his cornerbacks, and we finally got some. Yeah. Uh, So there's one there. Now, here's one, and I'm going to pass to y'all. We're going to talk about really quick. Uh, Round five, Daniel Scott. I didn't see a need for safety based on what we already had, you know, in that room, right, with the guys such as Nick Cross from last year, uh, Rodney Thomas, Julian Blackman. But we went out and got another guy who I think initially makes their debut on special teams. But this kid is a hitter. This kid Mm -hmm. covers ground. This kid makes plays, and lo and behold, he reminds me of Julian Blackman. And yeah. we've seen what Julian Blackman did pre injuries. So, Daniel Scott, what did you guys do? You guys watch any film on him?
1: I did not. I did not make it that deep. I'm sorry. Yeah,
0: okay. I, like, I got it. Yeah. I got a scouting
1: report and things like that, but I have not been able to watch film on him.
0: No worries. You just get Omaha! That's
1: right, do the damn he, homework. Well, Omaha made for everybody else after that because I ran out of time. But was, this,
0: is, go ahead. Did you got something to say about uh,
2: Daniel? i just saying. I was just saying, good. It's going. He's going to be definitely a good death piece if he doesn't now compete. You know, the secondary room. But to me, baby Bob Sanders. When I say baby Bob Sanders, not the complete package, but I've seen you know traits. So yes, you know, it's a good
0: force. Good for you. we have hitters. The Gus Bradley want people that will absolutely make you pay if you catch the football. They want to make it difficult for you to catch it first. And if you do catch it, I'm gonna hurt you. Not mm-hmm. you know, not in that sense, but I'm gonna knock you down. Right. You're gonna know that I was here. And he's getting those players all over the field. He wants playmakers. Um, uh, but here's a here's a compelling pick. Oh man. Will Mallory, tight end, round five, yes. one sixty two. Oh my goodness by far the fastest tight end in open field in the draft this dude all he did was make plays you give him a five yard screen you give him a three yard drag and he's running away from dudes another big kid six foot five or so um and just he just shows range like he doesn't it's weird he's one of those kids like when he's running he's like is that fast? Like he, he's like, is that fast or people just slow today? But no, like he's running away from, from actual cornerbacks and safeties and, you know, really, really good players. Um, And so that's going to be interesting to throw that into that, the mix. That's going to be Kyler's competition. Sorry, Pat, and, but it uh, is. Unfortunately, somebody's not going to make it big dog between yeah. July. Woods, the kid that didn't My, play last year. What was his name? The Ogletree. kid that got hurt. Ogletree. 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 your guy, Kylan Granson, which you love. Absolutely. now this kid and Mo Alley. I mean if
1: if you ask me, it, it's Mo Alley's on the block.
0: But even still, I don't think we'll carry four tight ends. We'll carry We're three. We're
1: definitely not we'll definitely not carry four. No, what's that other one? Brown? Right. That oh that the way, guy we just
0: get Noah. Least, Noah Brown.
1: Yeah, I, I, yeah. I think he's a camp body. <laughs>
0: Hey, shout out to the camp body. That's hey. another t shirt. That's another hey, t shirt. Thomas
2: is gonna back. be screaming at you, bro. Pharaoh Brown, that's his boy. Pharaoh Brown, yeah. Big, facts. Uh, I
1: know. Camp yeah, I know. body. Now, I camp give you, I give Ferrell. you a little bit of information. His grandpa is the winningest coach at IU football program ever. Will Mallory, yeah, yeah. Well, Look at that, yeah. Didn't know that, yeah. Right. This is, yeah he definitely has I forgot his dad's got some kind of accolade there too. You know, so there's there's a lot of
0: Mallory history in Indiana. Yeah, yeah.
1: In, in Indiana, yeah. So that uh-huh. should that should get all Indiana fans excited right there. Um one thing, let me read through this. Oh shit. I'm sorry. Go ahead. This was, <laughs> He lost uh, it. I need. Mean, I, I want to go back to Daniel Scott real quick because I found a scouting report. Um, oh my god! But let no, you guys are gonna like this. It says versatile player who has shown ability to align from multiple spots. Best plays best when coming down into the box. Yeah. All he right, so he's team. not just mm. a safety. Bradley can put this kid anywhere he wants.
0: I agree. No complaints here. And that's why I said we got hitters now. We got dudes that are going to smack you in the face and make plays. Oh, man, I like, I love athleticism. That's why that Raskor is super important. But this guy, man, see, God, see, this dude is like my close three. He ties with Josh Downs because the next kid, and I know him well, meaning not personally, but I know him well because I'm a Michigan fan. I watch Michigan football religiously. Evan Hull is an absolute maniac at running back. Nah, because
2: nine, 2.0.
0: Okay, well, I'm a, I'm a I'm gonna disagree slightly. Yes, out the backfield, he catches like you give him a, a screen pass or a swing pass, and you're probably in trouble. Great hands out the backfield. So for that, Naheem, absolutely. But in a in a lot of ways, without having the top ends be, this is this is Jonathan Taylor 2.0. He's an in between the tackle guy, small dude. Right. I think Jonathan Taylor's five foot eleven. This guy, five this ten. kid might yeah, five ten. I think this kid walks around in the five eight, five nine range. But that's five how ten, he plays. Five, ten, 209. Oh, is he five ten? Okay. My boom, there That's you right?
1: Scouting report says.
0: Yeah. And in between the tackle guys, bruh, the quick, the quick wiggle, boom, boom. He might not have the top end four three speed that Jonathan Taylor has. He's probably in a four four range, maybe a little bit higher. But he's gonna absolutely be the guy that. Spells Jonathan Taylor and you don't lose a lot. No knock on Zach Moss. We've seen when he got the opportunity he played pretty hard, but he's one of those or big rooster backs. Yeah, uh, Jackson, but, but Jackson isn't this. Jack Zach. Jackson is this at all. Zach Moss no
2: is simply to me, Zach Moss is simply a power back, and that's it.
0: Yeah. He, you it's know, too- he's he's
2: stout, he's stout, he's big, he's short, you know, stocky. He's just a power back. You know, you put him in third, you know, third and goal, third and short, you know, those types of situations. Think about this.
1: Moss Moss will definitely get you that two, three yards that you got to punch through.
0: Yeah. So he led all backs last year with 55 catches. And get this, he averaged 9.9. So basically a first down per catch. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that's what I'm saying, bro. Like, that's. And now you got a young quarterback and this who was needs a, these type of players, right? This was
1: a fifth or sixth round
0: pick. Fifth pick, 176. Chris Ballard said rounds four through five. That's where the money is. Dude, we have one, two, three, four, five, six. We picked six players from four through the end of five. I mean,
2: this so reason was
0: why he was nine-line. All right, we got to burn through these last three. Here – if it turns out here is your leo and oh by the way his name is titus leo <laughs> like, you,
1: you can't make this shit up
0: <laughs> you can't make this shit up this dude is a phenomenal athlete like he's one of those other like laws he went to wagner right so most people are like well, what is wagner college doesn't matter all over the wagner tape is titus leo he can play linebacker he play defensive line he rushes, he can drop back in coverage. The dude is just crazy. He's just a football player. Coach, where do you need me? Let me go play. This is a scary dude, man. This is a scary dude, right? Like, I mean, let's not get carried away. But when we selected Darius Leonard, back when he was going by Darius in round two, it was like, who the hell is, what the F? This is the yeah. same type, without Darius being an edge rusher, this is the same type of You can do it all anytime you want to do it, player, out there. And we got him. And that right there is something that there's got to be development. There's got to be patience. But once he touches the field, think EJ Speed. Look where EJ Speed is now versus when we first drafted EJ Speed. A lot of times you're like, is this guy going to make the team? Like he shows flashes and then it's like, "Eh." But now EJ Speed had to be brought back. Titus Leo, uh, EJ, is Speed EJ would Speed. be
1: a starter on some teams. That's what I'm
0: saying. But it took time. It took development. It and did. I think this it is did. this this is the future Leo right here. And I mean, no pun intended. Titus Leo, the Leo. <laughs> Maybe he is a Leo in real life too. I don't know. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Um, and He's then crazy. again, I, now
1: I still have to go. I I have to go see his uh, see his tape. But one of the the comments and his. Scouting and report says, plays with his hair on fire even when the game is long decided.
0: That's what I mean. That's
1: that's, that's my kind of dog on the field right there. I don't care if we're winning by 50, and I don't care if we're losing by 50. We're playing hard every single play.
0: And I'm telling you, those are the guys – that Chris Ballard and his team is looking for And hence you can find him at a school Like Wagner and be like who are they Right you go know, wherever uh, I mean just Darius Leonard came from the MEAC South Carolina State I think it was like Who are they right But I'm telling you these type of players Are the players that make the team in two or three years from now They become household names Might be a Leo jersey behind you
1: <laughs> Shaquille she, she became a household name
0: Absolutely, then, Absolutely. One. That's yeah. what I'm saying
1: yeah, I mean, it just goes back to
2: those old coaching sayings, man. You know, I got kids sitting on the bench that's way hungrier than you that want to play. That's that's
0: this guy. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so Gus Bradley strikes again in round seven with another six foot two <laughs> cornerback around the two hundred pound range, Jalen Jones, another battle tested corner coming out of Texas A and M, which is now in the SEC as of like three or four years ago. Again, bro, like you can it's tell. And this is remember when we talked about this, I said it seems as if with Shane Stiking, he would definitely have Chris Ballard's ear when it comes to the draft. And it won't just be on all of the, you know, the positional coaches and area scouts. But you can tell that all of the coaches came into the room and was like almost like a wish list for Christmas. Hey, Chris, I need this. Hey, Chris, I want two of these. Okay. Hey, Chris, don't forget about me. Like Gus Bradley had a lot of voice, in my opinion, in the room. Hey, dude. <laughs> Let's go watch some 2012-2013 tape of my Seattle defense. Look what I got out there. I got big, rangy dudes. Can we get those? And they listened. This was a deep cornerback draft. This was a deep tight end draft. It's a deep wide receiver draft. And we had our hands in all those pockets. So that's another
2: one. I'm, so, I'm sorry. I just thought of that Dave Chappelle uh, skit where he <laughs> – He's got the cocaine all over his face. He's just like, You got any more of them? I'm just thinking that's, that's right. good. You got any more? You got any more than stridey quarter, quarterbacks? Yeah, I know.
0: Like, how many six, like, like, let's be for real, man. How many six foot two cornerbacks that are 200 pounds with range and speed and athleticism are you going to find in a single draft? We got them all, bro. Like, we really we do. got them all. You know what I mean? It's crazy. So well,
1: one of, one of his uh, positives on his scouting report says physical defender who uses his length and size to his advantage. Facts. How many cool. times have we seen these DBs play smaller than what they actually are? Yeah. You know. So when I read stuff like that, I'm like, okay, this kid knows who he is. He knows how to take advantage of everything God's given him.
0: Yep. His leverage. His his strength at the yeah. line. And I mean, the key would, thing with this, he's the hitter of hitters. Now, I said we got yeah. a lot of hitters. He is the hitter of it. Watch his tape. He's oh, I did. the headhunter. <laughs> <Dude>, he's
2: <laughs> like, he's like Troy Polamalu headhunting hunting. He's stuff. hitting, hitting,
0: bro. Like when you catch yeah, the ball on him. He's down for blood.
1: Yeah, bro. Right, Dude's well, a shark. Dude's a shark. Then we're going to have to name our, our defensive backfield the Indiana headhunters. No, that we're not doing that.
0: Almost. Yes, we we're are. That is awesome. Ah, 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 and then that is wrong. Look, don't you don't do that. Last but not least. Take
1: your damn <laughs> off button away.
0: <laughs> the most rawest, probably most athletic human being with the most incredible story you'll ever see. More so than the tape that you've seen from Northern Michigan. It's the story of the kid. Jake Witt, Northern Michigan. Another monster of a human, six foot seven, uh 302 pounds, ran like some stupid 44, 45, four, something like that, in a 40 for that Jesus. big of a man. Like, I mean, bra jump was crazy. I think his only knock, um, his RAS score had been higher, but his only knock was he didn't hit his numbers when it came to the bench. He said he'd been averaging around 26, 27, and he only dropped like 22 during his workout. But super raw, right? Super raw. Only been playing tackle about like Rayman for a few years. Okay, um, yeah, he started as a tight end. Um, he played eight man football. He left football altogether, just only focused on basketball. The whole other college, then moved to Michigan Texas. Let's play football. Listen, he's a he's a round seven pick, and at round seven, to me, he has more opportunity to make a team than some round fours and it's just because he has yeah. such an incredible ceiling and the range yeah. that or i guess the the ceiling that he has and and what he could be may not show for a few years but that's okay do you have patience to just keep him in camp and keep him around you but if he does you might be seeing his name on the starting line in a few years I i won't jump to conclusions and say it's right now but this is a guy that the coach chose for a reason, and I'll just say
1: yeah. that. And I, I think I think uh, Coach Steichen had a, a little bit to play in this too, because here you got this monster of a man that has tight end experience. Now you take the the brain power of Steichen, and now you got an extra receiver on the field. Holy cow. <laughs> <laughs> We'd
0: we'll be running a whole bunch of right tackle screens, so, right?
1: Hell yeah. tell you
2: so you're saying there could be a Danny Pinter's type situation with this kid. There's an actual,
0: right? actual athlete, though. Danny Pinter yeah. is a fat boy that got lucky. This guy actually knows yeah. how to do something out there. How <laughs> <laughs> to get lucky out there. And with that, boys, that is the <laughs> Indianapolis Colts 2023 draft special live from the Angle. Laugh from the anvil, um, it's going to be an exciting camp. Let's just say that. It's going to be an amazing OTA um, rookie camp season. I don't think I've ever been excited. I'm not sure a lot of people say this every year, but I am I have never been so excited for a, a, a brand new draft class like the one here. Even when we had Michael Pittman and Jonathan Taylor in the same class, that was pretty exciting. But for some reason this class on picks that you I'm sorry, on, on positions that you usually don't get too, I don't know, caught up in. I'm super excited. I'm super excited to see what happens with these cornerbacks. I'm super excited to see what happens with Freeland on the line. Does he automatically come in and start dominating and set his his name right there? I'm super, super excited to see what our boy Tommy's gonna do on the defensive line. Dude. Evan Hull, can't wait to see him get in there. I'm like, okay, so you really averaged a first down every time you called the ball? Like, what? <laughs> like, like let's really break this down. Every time you called the ball, Evan Hull, you averaged a first down. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine that? From your backfield, from your second string running back, or maybe third string, depending on where he falls at. Listen, a lot of things here. And I think it takes pressure off some of the vets because now the vets can lead. and They got a bunch of young bulls behind them like, Look, we're just trying to get to the promised land. We know you guys have struggled, and we're here to help as much as we can. This is an exciting time. To steal one from Frank Wright, what does he say? Just go one and oh, Got to have that mentality still, right? But we got to have some consistency, your thing, and we got to have some accountability, Shikens thing, Steikens' thing. And so I think that when all of that comes together, for all these guys that are now in year five, year six, and been around the organization, just know how things go, We can finally maybe see what Chris Ballard saw when he walked in the door six, seven years ago. That's my final thoughts. Uh, I'll kick it around the room before we get out of here.
1: (laughs) my, My final thoughts is keep an eye on what we're doing. We've got interviews scheduled Friday with Kevin Rogers, director of player personnel, and some selected players. I don't know who the players are yet, but it is rookie Many camps. So who's, whoever's going to be there, it's going to be rookies. Is it going okay. to, who's it going to be? I don't know. But you guys, uh, keep keep an eye on our page, keep an eye on the YouTube, and that's where everything's going to be posted.
0: Damn it, country. Get off of your mic, bro. Use it as Pat. Now you over there. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> Sounding like the Omaha. But anyway no yeah last year we got to talk to jelani woods and i think rodney thomas was there so this is always yep. cool every year so yeah. yes definitely stay tuned to that all right country what you got my final thoughts are you heard it here first on the
2: sick podcast anvil show things are getting interesting in indianapolis y'all get ready and i'm about to apologize for what i'm about to do but let's fucking go <laughs> let's go and with that sammy <laughs> take us out of here <laughs> And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast and Bill Show on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.